Thank you for joining us on the coaching podcast. As part of the Sin Network, we are passionate about equipping church planters to live out the call God has placed on their lives. Join us as we talk through healthy coaching practices and why every church planter needs one. Here's your host, Dino Sinesi. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Church Planter Coaching Podcast. My name is Dino Sinesi, and I'm the Director of Coaching for the Sin Network. And today I have a guest with me, uh, Samuel Rodriguez. And Samuel is a church planter catalyst in South Jersey uh, and actually lives in my hometown. I was born in Vineland, New Jersey back many, many years ago. I mean, they just discovered dirt and water and those kind of things and uh, in the early days. And now Samuel is in my hometown, and, and it's, it's, been, it's been interesting to track with him and see what God's done. Uh, we first uh, uh, connected in South Carolina at the South Carolina Baptist Convention uh, years ago, and uh, so now it's just been a great journey to see and and to get to know him. So, Samuel, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much, Tino. I am glad to be here. Yes, sir. And uh, we wanted to talk today a little bit about cross-cultural coaching, and uh, we're going to get to your story in just a minute, but I just want to set up uh, what's it like to coach someone that's not a part of your culture. Now, we Anglos, and here's an Anglo confession, when we think of cross-cultural, we think of an Anglo coaching a Hispanic or an Anglo coaching a Filipino or an Anglo coaching uh, uh, somebody from Liberia, uh, and so it's always us to them, but we, we don't realize that we never coach when we're not coaching across a culture. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's some kind of barrier between me and the person I'm coaching. There's some kind of thing that uh, I need to be really aware of as a coach. Uh, and so uh, uh, Samuel's an expert coach, and, uh, uh, and uh, he coaches a lot of different cultures and ethnic groups. So we're going to talk about that just a little bit more. But I want to start, Samuel, just with a little bit of your story. How did you get from there to here? Uh, I know you were, you were born in Honduras, correct? That's correct. I was born in Honduras. Yeah. So t- tell me your story. Yeah, uh, I was blessed uh, that God uh, reached me very early in my life. Um, I'm sorry, I think I interrupted something here, technology, oh. but I, I'm good, right? Yeah, yeah, we'll pick okay. right up right there. He'll edit that out. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, yes, I was born in Honduras, you're correct. And um, what happened is 70 years ago, um, uh, Southern Baptist and uh, sent the first Southern Baptist missionary to Honduras, and he eventually um, um, trained a very young pastor there in the capital city, and they both uh, reached out to my grandfather, who was in very bad life in that time, and then he, uh, because they, they, their, they are uh, evangelism. And they approached, they loved him, uh, he gave his life to Christ. So, so he became the first person to be baptized in Honduras for the Southern Baptist. Wow. Eventually, eventually he um he grew in faith and they together with the rest of the team, they built the first Baptist church in Honduras. Uh, I received the gospel from the from my grandfather. He discipled me, he taught me how to pray, how to witness, how to read the scripture, why we need to go to church, everything. And he uh, and I saw him preaching in the very basic, basic uh, uh, preaching, but uh, he, and he planned churches as a lay person. Uh, so um, I got involved with that in very, very young age uh, to learn from mentors and coaches how to do things. Eventually, the same pastor that uh, mentored my grandfather became my my mentor, my coach, 
and he grew me in the, into the ministry. I became his associate pastor, and he sent me out to plant churches in Honduras. Uh, this is a long story of uh, more than 30 years now. What a heritage. You're like, you're like Timothy, a modern-day Timothy, right? right? Yeah, and I learned from that. So we, we, uh, we learned that, uh, that uh, strategy and that uh, um, way to create a pipeline of leaders. So every time we plant a church, we intentionally develop a discipleship process and leadership development to, the, to train the, uh, the new believers to become disciple makers, to become uh, the leaders, deacons, elders, and eventually church planters and pastors. I celebrate that I have uh, not just a second, third, but uh, even a fourth generation of, uh, of uh, church planters and pastors uh, that have uh, came from, from our ministry. Amazing. And, uh, and praise God for that. That's obviously... Uh, God's work through you, and uh, it's, yes. it's, it's amazing. So we're going to change gears. This is a coaching podcast. We want to talk a little bit about your coaching journey and then the what you've learned uh, coaching across cultures. Uh, but uh, tell, tell me a little bit about how coaching became more significant, a uh, significant part of your ministry. Yeah, I think I was uh, practicing um, uh, coaching principles before uh, 2007, but uh, in 2007, I, I met uh, uh, one of the greatest coaches in the world, Dino Zanessi, <laughs> and he, <laughs> uh, you, you were my, my supervisor. And then uh, um, I learned my first step of coaching uh, from you. And then you, you asked me to coach others. So I, um, in order to get certif the, the certification, I got to coach others and develop the coaching skills. And uh, then in that time, I learned the techniques. The, the the steps, the structure, and how to coach someone, not just uh, because um, the obligation we have to do, but being intentional and learning uh, the structure and how to coach uh, and how to lead the conversation to get things done. So this is and this is my favorite part in coaching to to uh, to uh, push people and ask people, encourage people to get things done. So. Yes. Yes. Start from that. Yeah, and you you're an incredible coach, and and you you train coaches, and we train coaches side by side here uh, last year, and that was yeah. that was a great joy. Uh, I, I I'm not bilingual, but but I I know you have good enough English that that I know that you know what you're talking about. I've heard you coach and train, and so uh, so I thank God for you and 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 what He's doing, and and uh, you're a very intentional coach you know where you're trying to take a conversation where it needs to go. What's the most valuable part of coaching for a church planter? How do you think it helps him the most? I think the most it helps him the most is to keep them on track because a church planters uh, has too much to do. Uh, is a, a church planter, because I was a church planter for 24 years, I, I can understand them, that uh, especially for the first uh, couple of years, a church planter, need to do almost everything in the, in the new church. Uh, and they're very busy. They focus in, 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 in services, they focus on the music, they need to raise money, they need to prepare uh, sermons and discipleship, uh, connect with the partners and create networks, everything. The church, planter, church planting, it is about everything. So uh, it's, very, it's very valuable for them to take that several things in small pieces to create um, uh, specific goals in a specific time uh, uh, and, and help them 
to keep everything on track to make this happen. So uh, make things happen is uh, the, the most uh, important or uh, crucial piece in coaching for, for planters since they are busy and 70% of them, they are bivocationals, by the yeah. way. So uh, it, it's a challenge for them. But uh, if you are intentional, if you help them to structure everything and take coaching by step by steps, they, they make things done. Yes, and 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 that's that's part of it too. Sometimes a planter thinks we assign him a coach because we don't think he's doing real well, and yeah. he's he's kind of being punished. It's like you you you're not doing well. We're putting you in time out over here. We're gonna give you a coach, and he's gonna help you along. But the reality is that the, the demands on a church planter is inc- are incredible. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We need to to help them to uh, uh, understand the definition of coaching first of all, mm-hmm. and then the values of coaching. Of coaching and 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 see um, in a very short time the results. So when they, when they see the results, they got more engaged in coaching and say, "Okay, I get this. I I I know the value. I want to keep with you, stay with you because it's it's valuable." Well, yes, and and on an earlier podcast, we interviewed one person that you've coached, Buff McNichol, and <laughs> and uh, yeah. so independent verification that you're coaching. Uh, it works that God uses it, but he, he even made that point. He said, when I started seeing the coach coaching working, I wanted it. I wanted the meetings uh, because it helped, uh, helped me get things done. Uh, I yeah, think- now Bob is, is coaching others at church planters. So he's, a, he's becoming a very good coach. By the way, he is, is a, not just a potential. He's actually a very good coach and, and with uh, doing this very effectively with others. Yes, and that and that's the that's the true sign when when the coached becomes the coach, then we know that that uh, the that it, it's a measurement that the coaching is effective. You don't want to become something uh, that's worthless or meaningless. That's and, all right. And uh, and so I could think back at my first coach, and uh, I had no aspirations to coach, and no interest in coaching. But when I started experiencing the value, the focus that it brought to the table, even the things that God showed me about my heart that I wasn't aware of. Uh, uh, then, then it's like, man, I need more of this. And then, you know, I could help people this way too. So, uh, I appreciate you helping, helping people. I want to talk a little bit about coaching Hispanics, uh, uh, and y- your own culture, uh, at just a moment. Then I want to, want to go to some others, but, uh, what unique things when you're coaching Hispanics, what unique challenges are presented by coaching them? Uh, yes, Hispanics are a very unique culture. Uh, and I, I understand very well. Um, first of all, um, Hispanics, they, um, they, um, they don't like to be pushed. They want to be uh, challenging. Uh, this is the first thing. The second thing is the timing is very different. If you have a uh, 45 minutes of coaching for, with an Anglo or a Filipino, they understand that's all right. But for Hispanics, 45 minutes, it just doesn't exist. You say 45 minutes can be an hour and a half. Uh-huh. So the, the timing for them is very different also. They are uh, when, when when you ask something to a Hispanic guy, he eventually not eventually, but almost every time he will go around and around and around. And you have to help him to get to the point. So you had you have to be very specific and very very intentional in your questions and sending them in ahead is uh, is better because they can answer and send you the answer before the interview. Because again, they go around, they, they, they love stories. So they, they, before they, they, they go to the answer, you're, you're expecting they will go to stories and very personal things. And um, 
um, they, um, the Hispanics are uh, a, a very, very flexible with the time. You can change time in, in the last minute and they'll be okay because uh, time is not a, a big issue for them. Uh, Filipinos say that Hispanics uh, has, uh, when, we, when we are late, they say, oh, okay, you are in your Latino time <laughs> because <laughs> Hispanics uh, <laughs> have the reputation to be late. But uh, again, uh, as soon they value the, the, the tool of coaching, they, they will get it and say, okay, uh, can I do this? So they are, they are, they are good in, um, in the process to, to uh, make this happen with others. Uh, but you need to be sure that you understand every piece and every step, and again, uh, go with them with small pieces to be sure that they, they got it. But again, uh, it's, it's amazing. They are very, um, very emotional. They're very emotional. Uh, and um, in, in coaching, as they do in discipleship, uh, they, the emotion is very important for Hispanic. Hmm. Um, the, 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 the way they express what they're thinking is very important. When they feel that you care about them, that you listen to them, they, they, they are with you. Well, and I think I made a discovery while you were talking about all that. I think I might be part Hispanic because when <laughs> that's why I loved coaching so much for me on the recipient end because I go around and around and around and around <laughs> to answer the question. I got lots of stories to tell. And so, uh, but, but it's helpful. I think when you think about cultures, and I want to switch in just a moment, but when you think about cultures, uh, awareness is, is very important. Uh, it, and the, the awareness that everybody we coach, they are unique. Even if they yeah. look like us, they're unique. Uh, but then there's, there's, uh, there's bridges that we cross that's crucial that we, we really, really need to care about if we want God yeah. to use our coaching. So, yeah. 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 So, the, but wow, the, the time, the idea of timing being different, the idea of how that, you know, it's important to keep uh, Hispanics on track. I, I think that principle is true with anybody, but you're saying it's more pronounced with Hispanics. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, let's. Yes. Uh, yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, and and uh, and also they 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 like to see you. They uh, because the technology now help with Zoom and Skype and all of this stuff is good because they like to see you. They 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 go over the phone. That's all right. But uh, they um, they are connect with the with the theology of the presence. <laughs> the theology mm-hmm. of the presence is very good for even for other cultures for that other ethnic groups. Yeah, and, and I've noticed the the relational aspect of of uh, of uh, Hispanic culture that there there is yes. it is different, and so there'll have to be some adjustments. I want to move to Anglos because this is, this is fascinating to me, and God's given you unique favor and responsibility. Responsibility came first, and favor came second yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, in in New Jersey. But so now you're a Hispanic coach and uh, are a coach of Hispanic descent, and now you're coaching an Anglo. What is different about that for you? Uh, Anglos, I think for me, Anglos uh, is uh, they they are they are more quickly to go to the point. I mean, they stay in the questions and they focus on the answers. They're more specific than that. Uh, they um, the Anglos uh, they respect the time. They say, okay, let's do this nine forty five. Nine forty five, they're there because you're very you your culture, but the timing is is, is in that way. And, uh, but also, um, Anglos are in, 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 in my area, and the Anglos have been 
I've been related with, I am related with, uh, they are from different backgrounds. There's just a few of them with very Southern influence. Most of them, they're very Northeast, uh, Italian, mixed Italians or uh, Caucasics mixed it with, with Anglos. So they have that, that, that uh, cross culture in their blood. But uh, at the same time, we see that um, Anglos are, they appreciate everything, even in small things. Hmm. They don't have to wait to the end or to have the whole thing done to appreciate you. They, they, they very good the appreciation, and uh, even for small things. And they, uh, they value your time. Hmm. They value the resources you give to them. Uh, and they, they look at you. Sometimes we got problem to to look at the eyes with 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 other cultures, but Anglo's they look at you, they listen to you, uh, and when 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 they got interrupted by a call or a text, they they say, "Excuse me, I'm sorry, uh, I, I, I need to." So they they very uh, they very care about about your time. They very care about the resources you sharing with them. They very care about the progress. When they got something, they they call you and say, "Hey Sam, you were right." I got it. I got it. So uh, mm. this is something that uh, gave me a lot of encouragement and enthusiasm, uh, and and, uh, and and helped me to understand that uh, that when I do something with an Anglo, they they will more prompt to to do something about it because yeah. they appreciate that. Yeah, that's that's fascinating. We could go a long time on that. We'll have to do some more podcasts because that's uh, uh, you know oftentimes we're the most uh, negative about our own culture. You know, we, 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 <laughs> dis- we disappoint each other and we, yeah. we don't see our culture from the eyes of maybe another culture that says, no, you guys are like this. Tell me the hardest part though, uh, for you uh, coaching an Anglo. The hardest part, maybe the different accents, <laughs> different <laughs> accent I deal with because I am a Hispanic. I grew up uh, speaking Spanish until 40 years old. So. You know, I'm, I've been doing ministry, uh, among Hispanics, ethnics, or Latin America. I've been doing ministry in other countries and continents, but basically I've been surrounded by Hispanic planters and pastors to train them. Only in the last three years, I've been focused more in Anglo than Hispanics and other cultures. So the majority of my uh, church planters and my coaching and mentoring relationships are in English, English speaking people. Mm-hmm. But um, I think the most challenge is to connect well culturally okay. because because uh, North America, I mean, U.S. is a second culture for me, but I'm still learning about it. The jokes, the quotes, <laughs> the, the even the cartoons they refer with uh, and, and everything about, about America. Uh, I need to be, uh, I need to read, read a lot, read a lot and ask questions, ask questions and learn from them. But uh, when I got that, thing is is good and um maybe people can think that i am i got a barrier because i'm hispanic they're anglos but in northeast everything works very different your doctor can be an indian can be an arab can be a puerto rican can be an anglo or caucastic so they don't care about for me being an hispanic and and, and being a supervisor for them or, or the leader whatever it is called uh, um, but I think it's, it's about the culture. It's about the history of, the, of, of America and the culture that I need to be connected and be aware in order to understand them. 
That's huge. And I want to, we're going to need to wrap up, but I wanted you to think in terms of uh, give, give me advice, give coaches advice on how to coach across culture. It, it doesn't, doesn't matter the culture, but what's some generic or some similar principles that if I'm sitting down to coach a Hispanic, if I'm sitting down to coach a Filipino, uh, yeah. uh, what do I need to be aware of as a coach? One thing you said is learn about the culture, and that's that's yes. point number one in this that you made very well. But what's maybe something else that would help me and the coaches that are listening to do well at coaching across cultures? That's correct. I learn about the culture, love them, love their families. Mm-hmm. If, do, if you care about their personal issues and you care about the family, you, you ask questions about a specific thing for the family, their struggles, they, uh, and you remember that this next time, you follow up with this uh, prayer request, you follow, with, follow with, with, with them with that uh, action steps, uh, with the very personal and family concerns, they will appreciate that. Uh, they appreciate uh, that, you, that you're connected, not mm-hmm. just because you're coach, but you're connected, you're relational. And that you're looking for opportunity to see them face to face. Again, the theology of the presence is, yeah. is, is very important. Yes. Uh, they want to see you even once in a while. So love them, love the, uh, learn the culture, connect, relate with them, and care about their family. Samuel, you've done an incredible job in just a short amount of time, at least helping someone get started uh, coaching across culture. And 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 again, as I've always said. If we were were exactly the same people we think, we're, there's something we're coaching across. It might be family history. It might be uh, regional. Uh, but there's something that we're coaching across. So being mindful of those principles of learning about the other person and learning about their family and loving them and following up on conversations, I think would make That's you a great cross-cultural coach. That's correct. It, it is not such thing like a, a generic questionnaire. For coaches, mm-hmm. you need to think individually and focus, and and, and individually and um, take everyone as a separate and and focus, very focused. Excellent job, very good. Appreciate your time. I love you, my brother, and we have great history and uh, and looking forward to many more years of serving together in our partnership in the gospel. So uh, yeah, and until next time, uh, keep coaching. You have been listening to The Coaching Podcast, a resource of the North American Mission Board. Are you a church planner in need of a coach? Visit namb.net slash coaching to learn more.